0: Prepare our hearts and our minds for your word. There is nothing more important. And Father, I hope that we can really believe that there is nothing more important than your word, which leads to faith and a trust in you, the true and living God. And so, Father, as we prepare our hearts and our minds to hear what you have to say this morning from your holy and divine word, we also now want to lift up all of our fellow Americans and those who have chosen to be here because of freedom down in the path of Hurricane Ida. Father, it's I think I read 16 years to the day of when Katrina hit. And that was a disaster, and this one might even be worse. So, Father, I pray that you'll protect them, that you'll save life and limb, and allow those especially who do not know you that, might, that they might live to have a chance to know who you are. Let them see your miracles. Let them realize that you are real so that they will come to you. Use this, Father, as an evangelical tool. And Father, for all of those who are in the foreign countries who are right now being persecuted, persecuted by our enemy, who only wants to rob, steal, and kill, Father, we pray that you would help them, that you'd give them faith, that you'd give them courage and conviction and safety. Pray, Father, that you'd stand in the way and provide a way of escape for them as well. And Father... As we go through this day, we've, we've sang praises, we've, we've lifted up ones who are in need in prayer. Now we ask your blessing upon the rest of this service, Father, as we open up your word. May your Holy Spirit be alive and moving through here. Touching the hearts and allowing our minds to understand the depth of what we're going to study, for this is a deep one. And so, Father, we ask all of these things... All we desire to do is to worship you, to honor you, and to lift you up. And I pray that your body is edified here. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, Genesis chapter 3, if you'd like to turn there. I want to talk about a tale of two trees. You know, sometimes, sometimes when I study, things come easy. And the Holy Spirit just brings them out. And, and, and it flows and it's in a logical way. And it just seems to, to, to move and make sense. Really struggled with this one. And I, I had to pray several times. I pray that it will be presented in a way that you all can, can see. We're going deep today. But I pray that you'll be able to see the depth. That you'll see the beauty of the word of God. And what, why God had to do what he had to do. And why our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ had to come and hang upon a tree called the cross. And die for us so that we might have the hope of eternal life. That's what we're going to talk about. i want to talk about the tale of true trees. And it's not really the tree of life that was in the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It kind of is, but it goes to another tree, even a third tree you know last week we talked a little bit about making pickles and if you weren't here we talked about the process of making pickles and how that a cucumber gets submerged overwhelmed and submerged into the jar of pickling solution and that cucumber turns in to a pickle into something that it took on the nature of what it was placed in and it became a part of that it kept who it was but it also became something that it was not before. And we said that's what happens in the waters of baptism that we go in like that cucumber. But when we are, the word means to be immersed and submerged and overwhelmed and to take on the nature. And what happens is when we do that, we are baptized, it says, into Christ. And when we are baptized into Christ, we take on his nature and we die to self. And to who we are. And we become alive through him and his nature. And we're going to see why that's important. And you said how do you know all that preacher? How, how do you, how did you come to that conclusion? Well we looked at 1 Peter chapter 3 a little bit. And we talked about one time long ago when the long suffering of God waited. And it was in the days of Noah. And during that 120 years while the ark was preparing he was preaching the gospel message of what was getting ready to come. And those who heard the message and believed got upon that boat whenever it was ready to go. And that door was sealed and the waters came. And it says that the, that, that eight souls boarded that boat, that ark, and eight souls were saved by water. And it says the like figure which means the anti-type or the exact opposite. You see the boat protected them from the destruction from the water that was to come. And and moved them on to to salvation. They started anew again. The anti-type or the exact opposite is what now happens in baptism. It says there is also the anti-type which now or the like figure which now saves us baptism is not the removal of the filth of the flesh it says but the answer of the good conscience towards God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ so the exact opposite this time we do go into the water and that is what does it why because we have chosen to obey the words of Christ it was a choice that you make like we was talking about this morning and the the reason that we have to do that is because you got to be born again. And that's where we're going to get deep in a minute. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you remember Nicodemus, the one who came to him at night and said, "Teacher, we know that that you are a teacher come from God because no man can do the things that you do unless God had sent him." And the first thing Jesus said, "Hey, before you start engaging me in a conversation about the doctrines of God and who can do what, you've got to be born again. You, you've got to be able to understand some things. You must be born again. If you are not born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus, just like that, just like what the Lord was trying to tell him, he couldn't understand what he was saying. He only could think in physical terms of a physical birth. He couldn't think in the spiritual terms of what the Lord was trying to tell him. And so Nicodemus, you know, the little wheels began to turn. And he's like, how can I be born again? I'm a man. And how can I return up into my mother's womb to be born a second time? Jesus said, you're on the wrong track. That's what I'm trying to tell you spiritual things are understood when you are spiritual in nature and you have to be born again of the water of the spirit and when that happens then you will be able to understand are you a teacher of israel and you don't understand these things and and that phrase meant that he was one of the top teachers schooled and he didn't understand anything spiritual why because he they was not accepting the word of God and the Messiah that was to come, which is the Lord. And he's trying to tell him, he goes on to say, you have to believe in me. Just as the serpent in the wilderness is going to be lifted up upon that cross, so am I going to be lifted up and I will draw all men unto me. God so loved the world that he gave me his only begotten son, Uno. The only one, and it means uniquely born one, uno genese, or genetic, is the only one of his kind, the word says. What do you mean one of kind? No other one is like him, because he is from, he's, we're going to find out, a I minute. Mean, he's from Mary, but he's also from God. And there was a reason it had to be that way. And he says, I am the only one, there is no, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father except through me. Most assuredly, I say to you, Nicodemus, unless you are born of water and the Spirit, you will not enter the kingdom of God. And then he tells us, you remember how I've been talking to you about there's two lives, that when God created man. That there was, when he breathed into nostrils, it was the breath of lives. It was a spiritual and a physical life. there man is going to lose in a moment that spiritual life that light that he had when God created him he said that which is born of the flesh that which is now born through Adam is flesh but that which is born of the spirit is spirit and There's a difference between the two. You are born of the flesh right now, Nicodemus, through your father, through mankind. You can trace your genetic trail all the way back to Adam the way that I can. He's going to do it in Matthew 1 and in Luke 3. There's a genetic trail of the Lord Jesus Christ all the way back to Adam through his mother. That is being born of the flesh. But you must be born again of the Spirit. Or you're not going to see the kingdom of God. And this is why Jesus had to come. Because he's the one who's going to be able to give us that life through the spirit. So we're going to find out now that this is the story of the Bible. And that this is the story from Genesis 2 and 3 that, that meticulates all the way through here. So what we're going to find out that when God said... To, to the one that he had breathed into the nostrils the breath of lives. He said in the day that you eat of the forbidden fruit. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Dying you will die. When it says surely die. That's the word mooth or death twice. And there's going to be two deaths. One is spiritual and physical will come. Surely dies means one process begins. The other one was immediate. And that's why we're going to see him hiding. And I was afraid of you. Why? Because spiritual death had taken place. And the physical life. He's going to go on to live 900 more years. And then we're going to see that this is why God had to have a son. To bypass all of that. So then we're going to find out that when the, the woman engages. The serpent engages the woman in a conversation in the garden. She's going to be Tricked beguiled and deceived she's going to get caught up in the moment and the word of God says in Timothy we'll see that she fell into it and because of that she was deceived into eating it and guess where she got tricked at guess guess where it was Uh, huh in a garden yeah but they were doing something I'll tell you in a minute so hang on hang on I'm going to tell you in a minute what they were doing okay but but the man Adam he wasn't tricked did you know that He knew exactly what he was doing. He didn't get tricked into eating that. He did it as a willful choice. He saw what happened to the woman. He knew what he should do from what God had told him back in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 16 and 17 when he said, don't eat of it in the day that you do dying you will die. And he knew exactly what was going on. He did a willful act. And because of that willful act, spiritual death came into man and through man. And from now on, through his seed, it is only flesh. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that's why we have to be born again to have everlasting life. And those who... The, um, that is a copulation between a human man and the woman. The fleshly nature... Comes through the seed of man. It's man who has the seed. Who, who then with the egg. Becomes into another fleshly human being. So but Jesus says. You got to be born again. You got to be born in a new way. This time of the spirit. And let's find out why and how. Because you see. Man's choice in the first place in the garden. Adam's choice. There was, basically was the tree of life. And the tree of death. One was life, one was death. You choose which one you want to go. And after the woman had been tricked into the tree of death, of the knowledge of good and evil, he went along with that. So now, that's where we're at. Spiritual life can now only be found by making a free will choice in a new tree. And that new tree is the cross of Christ. Where the Son of God is going to go and to die for all of those sins. And so that we can now have spiritual life resumed. So if you're there with me, if you turn to Genesis three, that's where we're going to take off. Back to verse one. You know, I reminded of that old song, and I love it. It was whenever I was in high school. Remember, I was running cross-country and you'd come in there. Um, I know uh Ron remembers that because he ran cross country the four years before I got there. You had that in the old high school, in that old gym room, you had that little speaker up there, and, and they'd be playing some music when you come in. And And one of them was in my time. It was, all right, and it's coming on. We're going to get right back to where we started from. Well, back to Genesis 3. We started there a couple weeks ago, and we're going to get right back where we started because we're going to get a little deeper this time, okay? We, we go in there, and... and the serpent strikes up a conversation God wants us to know he's more cunning he's more subtle he's more deceitful and brilliant than any of the other creatures of the field that the Lord God had made and he struck up a conversation in the woman to do something he wanted to begin to instill doubt in her on the word of God so he struck it up and he said he took her focus from everything else to the one tree that she wasn't supposed to focus upon. That forbidden tree right off. And notice his tactic. The serpent said to the woman, why didn't he go to the man? I'm going to give you a, a little deep one right here. We talked about it a few weeks ago, but at, and we'll, we'll read it in, in 1 Timothy chapter 2. But Adam was first formed. Yeah, I know, it's, it's not my shoestring, it's these little things that's supposed to, it's like a military pants where you tie up your cuff. And I, I'll probably trip on it in a minute. Yeah, to keep the bugs out. The hornets, people's been having some battles with hornets this week. But, but let me tell you, Adam was first formed, and then Eve. The man is the head of the family, and the woman is the responder to his love. He is supposed to love the woman, and the woman responds. Christ is the head of the church. He, he has done things for us in love. He loved us and gave his life. We respond to that love by what we do. It's the same thing. And he said in Ephesians 5, I'm telling you a great mystery, but it concerns Christ and the church in this. So, but if Satan had have started with the man and the man fell and, and he gives of the woman to eat, she would have been doing it under submission and not of a free will satan thinks that once both of these adam and eve fall that he will have won the victory against god he doesn't know god's plan and god's mystery of what he's got up his sleeve he thinks all i gotta do is to trick these two but he was bright enough to know that if i trick the man first the woman i know how god created her i've been following this thing and so if if i trick him and he gives she can say i ate because my husband gave to me and i did eat so he has to start with the woman first and so then adam is going to have to make a free will decision on his own after that so he starts with the woman first and he said to the woman has god indeed said You shall not eat of every tree that is in the garden. Now, when he says that, what is their discussion about? What's the discussion about? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and the, the discussion, remember a minute ago I told you how she got tricked? It was during something. It was during Bible study when he said "Hath God said now we're talking about the Word of God so so it's not only just about a tree it's not only just about what's going on in the garden but his first words was has God said so now we're opening up the Word of God aren't we now we've got a false teacher who is very slick who's going to try to open up the Word of God and to instill some doubt about the word of God. To lead you astray on how you're going to respond to God. And what you're going to think about God. And what God's doing for you. Has God indeed said. So we're talking about the word of God now. What did he say? So now you got this false teacher. Who is getting ready to try to pull a fast one. To slick, pull a slick one on the woman. And be deceived. That's why the Lord God says he's more cunning and more subtle. He's wanting to pull a slick one, and it's all about the word of God that's going on. So he engages her in an unholy Bible study. The woman is going to be deceived during an informal Bible study in the garden with a false teacher. And it begins, it would seem innocently enough, with that question about the word of God. What did God say? Let's discuss it. Now, whenever you start discussing the word of God, you ought to... You ought to only really talk about what you really know and and as as the one who humbly God has allowed me and and had me here for you to teach you the word of God, I want you to know I take it serious in a moment. i'm going to tell you an opinion that I have that I've formed from study, and every time it's my opinion, I tell you most of the time it's pretty just straight up what this is saying, but when i tried to have a deduction from something i tell you because i'll tell you what it says up here in james chapter 3 and verse 1 don't be many of you teachers knowing that you're going to get a more stricter judgment you know i'm going to be will be held accountable for what i say and that's why when sometimes some people has wanted me to say some things and and to avoid some things i didn't do it and i said i will walk away humbly And not cause a problem and you can go on and teach whatever you want to do but i'm not going to be judged just to make you happy i don't like everything that the word of god tells me i have to do or say sometimes but you know what i have to go by because he's my creator and he is the lord Jesus Christ. Everybody wants to have a Savior, but not a Lord over them. Oh, I, I want the blessings, but I don't want to have to follow with what He said. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is, first of all, Lord and God, and He is our authority, and His Word is our authority. And when He says, You preach the Word, be instant, in season, and out to do that, that's what my role is supposed to be. And I cannot change it for anyone. If asked, I will say, hey, I found a new occupation, guys. It's been great being here with you all this time. God bless you, and I will go aside. But I'm going to try to teach what is the truth only from the word of God. And if I don't know it, I'll tell you. And I'll say I'm going to look it up. That's what the woman should have done in this conversation. If you look, we've got a couple of admonitions. Not only this one for those who try to teach someone else. Which is what we do when we strike up that casual conversation with somebody. Hey, hath God said? But also it says this. And this one, this is where I really learned something this week. Was in this one. I've quoted this I don't know how many times. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. And man, I bet you I have quoted that thousands of times. Because... One of the mentors that I have starts every recording with that verse. And I have listened to thousands of of times of hours. But I finally understood exactly what that meant this week when I actually dug into it. I want to share with you what that means for you and I. Because we are supposed to study, to show ourselves approved to God, a workman. Now notice that word ashamed. Because we left, two, two or three weeks ago, we left the man and the woman in the garden naked and what? Not ashamed. You see, whenever you don't have the word of God, you don't have the covering of God, you become naked and ashamed. The priests were told to wear the robe and the garment and so that your shame, your nakedness is not shown whenever you climb the steps to go into the tabernacle or the temple don't be ashamed you rightly divide the word of truth and be covered it, covered by it i started digging into what that really meant because for some reason the spirit led me to this during this study of the woman talking with the serpent in the garden and so what it means is it says that in in like study the word actually means to make haste and to quickly get yourself ready to stand in the presence of god So you need to do these things before your knee bows and you're going to be in the presence of God when you're judged as a worker. I don't know about you, but I want to hear as a worker, whenever my knee is bent, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful, what? We are workers in the kingdom. And we're supposed to be studying so that we will be approved unto God. And we will not be ashamed. But we are servants in this thing. So take heed to do it quickly. Get yourself prepared before it's too late. And why? He says, study, make yourself quickly aware so that you rightly divide the word of truth. Word of truth and rightly divide. To rightly divide is orthotomeo. What kind of surgeon did Zoe have on her leg? Orthoscopic Orthoscopic from a orthopedic surgeon. A dentist who makes teeth straight is an orthodontist. So doctors who make bones straight are orthopedics. Ones who make teeth straight are orthodontists. The word for rightly divide is ortho, straight, and tomeo, which means to cut. I was going to have me a paper that had white, gray, and black. Bring up my little kindergarten scissors. <laughs> ortho tomeo means to cut straight the word of God. You've got what he said you've got gray areas where you might think that you have a have a reason for putting something there but you don't and then you've got black that you know is an exact opposition to what the word of God says and God says whenever you get ready to share my word you better cut straight you better cut straight and only show what it says and what it is meant to be said and you don't pervert it into your own ways and what you want it to say so that it makes you feel right You're going to cut my word straight. And you're going to discard everything else. And you're only going to keep what I tell you to say. And then he goes on to say something else. And I've never really quoted that next one. Along with rightly dividing the word of God. But it means it says. But as you do this. As you are teaching. As you are studying. Shun profane and vain babblings. They just increase to more ungodliness. And I thought well what is profane and vain babblings what what does that mean what what does that tell me then as i am rightly dividing the word of truth what am i supposed to shun or stay away from or kick out well profane and vain babblings is defined as a fruitless discussion profane comes from a root word which means to be trodden under in other words it's something that's no good it it goes against it so it's trodden under the foot and just stepped on because it's, it's useless. And a babbling. A babbling refers to an illegal entrance. Now who would have got that from babbling? But here's what it says. Those who babble on about something. It's an illegal entrance. Remember there's a tower of Babel, And they had to scramble the languages. You see. They were illegally trying to get to something. And, and to go against God. And so what it means is. Is that there is someone who wants to go against the word of god they're they're not spiritual they're like a nicodemus jesus it it should always come back to do you know christ don't try it's saying shun profane and vain babblings when people come who Are not really interested in the word of God. All they're wanting to do is pull your chain. They want to get you into some kind of argument. They want to get you to say something on this. And say something on that. He says. Stay away from those who do not have me and my word at heart. And shun that. Because all that's going to lead to you. If you get into it with them. Is more ungodliness. And that's what she's going to find out in a minute. By By getting into it with someone, Satan doesn't care about whether he's going to get a more stricter judgment. He's already got his. He's just waiting for the sentence to be passed. But he's already got the judgment against him. He doesn't care about the word of God and handling it aright. He wants to be the liar and to deceive you. So don't get into it with those people who really don't care. It always comes back. What you really need is not to know about that deep thing. But you need to know Christ. That's where we get back to. So back to Genesis 3. The serpent. This one who is a false teacher. And he's going to trample underfoot the word of God. He's going to try to get into some babbling different uh, doctrines. And a web of deceit. He's going to do it real slyly and they're going to end up being ashamed with what they do and after the fall. So they're going to end up being hiding and, and, uh, when the Lord God comes. So the serpent brings the woman into the Bible study when he says, Hath God not said this? You can not eat of any of the trees in the garden. And she said to the serpent, We may... We can eat of all of the trees of the fruit of the garden, but there's one, the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden. God said, "You're not going to eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die." Did God really say all of that? No. Whenever he gave the command, he really just said, "What? Don't eat of it, for in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die." So, he added to the word of God by saying, did God say you can't eat of these trees? Now she's adding to it by saying, yeah, but we can eat of them except that one, but we can't eat nor touch. So she added to that. Is that handling or right the word of God? She didn't take really good notes in Bible class, did she? Whenever the Lord Jesus Christ was teaching the Bible class. And, and, um, i'll get into that next week okay coming attractions you want to find out about the lord's bible class come back next week so now i'm going to tell you what what the what the jewish teachers talk about on situations like this and they do it and we do the same thing today it's called building a fence whenever you want to protect your house from something what do you do i mean there's all these gated communities. There's all of this. Whenever you want to protect yourself from a bull, you, you put up a double fence and an electric fence, right? Make sure you try to keep that guy on the other side and to keep him away from my family and from the young ones. So whenever there's something that can harm you, you build a fence around it. You, you give it some space and you go even a little bit further and you build the fence. If eating of it was a problem then I'm not even going to touch it so she built a further fence around it that was that was here's what I want to tell you that was her interpretation of what God was really meaning God said it this way but her interpretation was a little something different and when we go to throwing our own interpretations like I said rightly divide don't get cut straight don't get into the gray don't get into the black But cut straight on that line. When when you cut straight, God only said, don't eat. So she's added something. And now it's become, just like with us, when you say something over and over again, pretty much it's gospel, isn't it? (laughs) We believe it, it's gospel. And that's what God said, don't eat, don't touch. That, by throwing our own interpretation and not cutting straight is going to get us in trouble. Look what happens with the woman now. So the serpent says, oh yeah, now he knows he's got her because she's not cutting straight and not taking good notes in class. He says this, no, not really. You're not going to surely die. You won't do that. No, God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you shall be as God and you will know good and evil. Like I said before, I prefaced it. I always tell you when it's my own my own opinion on something. Right? Here's my opinion on what's going on here, because you know the woman says what she believes. The serpent now is throwing that doubt. He's already casting the doubt in the Word of God on her, and he's saying that's not really right. God just is above you, and he don't want you to be like him, and he's keeping it from you. The day you're not going to surely die in the day you eat of it you're going to be like him and that that begins to appeal to her and she begins to toss some doubt in now where my opinion comes in is while he's teaching her and while he's telling her these things you know what i think he's doing since she didn't rightly cut straight she didn't rightly divide what god said and said you can't even touch guess what i think the serpent's doing I'm thinking he's probably might be touching yeah he might be touching it he might even grab a hold of it he might even in a moment take a bite of it and you say preacher you're a little far-fetched say, what? wait a minute I could be I, I've been you know I'm a fisherman I've been known to stretch it a little bit <laughs> just a little But here is why I make that logical deduction from the scriptures of the word of God. Verse 6, do you see what I put in red and what's underlined? After he said that to the woman, it says, When the woman saw that the tree was good for food. The word saw, the word ra'ah, means to know something with an understanding from what you have seen. How could she understand that the tree was good for food by seeing unless somebody touched it or took a bite of it? You see, that tree ain't going to harm Satan, is it? It was only to the man and the woman that you don't eat. She added touch. So if I go up and start touching something and I don't kill over dead, you're beginning to doubt, aren't you? faith comes by what hearing by what so her faith is being destroyed by what the false teacher is teaching her and casting doubt. and God said don't eat of it period you will die the woman said I'm not going to touch it either lest I die and that now God said that and he touches it doubt starts to creep in doesn't it well he didn't die What's going on here? When the woman saw, understood. The word "raa" means to see, to watch, and come to a logical deduction, conclusion based upon the facts of what you saw. And she saw three things. It was good for food. It was good for her eyes. And it might make me then as wise as God. He had slicked her. He had slicked her. She engaged in a Bible study with someone who was an illegal entrance into the realm and who was babbling on about things. And it should. The moment he said, we went over this three weeks ago. The moment the serpent said in verse 1, Has God said, what did we say was 11 times in chapter 2? Lord God. 11 times it was the Lord God who breathed life into the man. It was the Lord God who formed the man. It was the Lord God, Lord God. 11 verses of the Lord God, which is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He changes it to just God. And any old God can do. It's a generic. It it can be that. Whenever you read in the Bible, the small g gods of like uh, Egypt, that is the same word Elohim. It is. It can be any God that he's referring to. So when he said, has God said, you're like, uh-oh, he don't know about Christ. He's not got a relationship. He's not been born again of the Spirit. So I don't need to engage in this babbling conversation that we're getting ready. I need to go back. Do you know the Lord Christ? Have, have you been born again? Do you know what's going on here? And t- we don't get into that He changed the subject on her. And now he's leading her astray. And now she has all of this doubts. And now she's seeing what he has led her into. And says she saw. It caused her to understand. And now she said. Oh. It didn't kill you. Oh. It's good for food too. How did I see that? Oh. Well. That must be it. So. All that is in the world. Do you remember that scripture? Scripture. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. She saw that it was good for food, lust of the flesh. She saw that it was a pleasing to look upon, lust of the eyes. And it was one to make me wise like God, pride of life. All three things are wrapped up right here in this. And so now she's going to, because she didn't take good notes, because she engaged in a conversation With someone who was an illegal entrance into this field. Now she's going to to choose the wrong tree. And it says and she did eat. And then she gave to her husband. Which is now uh, a positive choice of his. But it's a negative choice from the word of God. Of what God had told him in chapter 2, 16 and 17. And so the first thing he did. Was they realized they were naked. Ashamed and afraid and from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil the first act that they do is not evil they don't go out and try to to hurt each other you know what their first act is to cover themselves up an act of good we're going to sew some fig leaves together and we're going to cover up our nakedness and then uh uh-oh while they're doing that verse 8 guess who's coming on the scene god is not not god who lord god you see now we're back to lord god He had changed it on her and she followed Sue but now whenever you look back at it verse 8 and when they heard the voice of the Lord God you see it's the Lord God that's in the garden and and telling them these things walking in the garden in the cool of the day okay I'll go ahead and tell you come back next week because I'm going to go deeper into some genetic things next week okay we're going to go from Cain and Abel And we're going to go into Genesis 5, and I'm going to show you the gospel, the good news that was predicted in Genesis 5 way before anything ever happened. When it says that the Lord God was walking in the cool of the day, that's Bible study time. You know how I know? Because the word translated cool is ruach. And anyone who who knows some of those terms, whenever you're playing to to the ruach, Adonai, that's the Holy Spirit ruach is the word for spirit it was the spiritual time of the day it's it's your breath it's it can be wind but it's not cool it is also the word for the holy spirit or our spirit is ruach and so a lot of the ones who teach in the original language say that this was the time when the lord god walks into the garden each day communing with man and talking with them about his word. Like he said. Don't eat of the tree that I told you not to eat of. So he does. And Adam and his wife had hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees. The word is actually in the trees in the midst of the garden. Not amongst. So they might have been hiding behind the tree of life. Who knows. Because that's one of the ones that's in the midst of the garden. And so they're hiding. And the Lord God called and said. Where art thou? That's an interrogative that means. I already know where you're at. Come out. Why are you where you are? Come on out. I I see you. And so that's why in verse 10, Adam doesn't try to stay hiding or think, no, you don't really see me. He comes out and just says, uh, when he says, come on out, he says, well, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, and I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, who told you you was naked? That's another one that says that immediately, evidently, that... uh, the, the one who was the false teacher was now also trying to tell him get, get busy and get dressed. Because he said, who told you? And it's in third person referring to the other, the other one who would have told you. It wasn't me, it wasn't you. Who else told you that you were naked? How'd you learn that? Did you eat of that tree that I told you not to eat of? And yes, he did. I, and we know how it goes on and on. And then the Lord God down there, he, he tells in verse 15... in verse 14 he tells the devil because you did this serpent you're going to crawl on your belly you're going to eat dust for the rest of your life you remember man he's going to tell adam in a minute he goes to back to the dust of the ground but because of that the serpent's going to eat dust the rest of his life crawling on his belly being reminded of what you've done and where you're going one day and he says and but here's what i'm going to do man has lost his spiritual life that's why he's hiding." From me, He no longer wanted my fellowship, but I'm going to provide a way back for him in a minute when I'm going to skin some animals and provide a covering over their nakedness for them by a blood sacrifice of an animal and give you a skin. that's going to later represent the Lord. But here's what I'm going to do in the future, Satan. And here's where we're going to get deep, guys. I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. Who normally has the seed? the man the man but there's a reason that there's going to be an uno ganes, a uniquely born genetic one called the lord jesus christ he's going to be the son of god because we're going to bypass the man because that which is born of flesh is flesh but that which is born of spirit god is a and those who worship him worship in and in truth so we're going to put a bypass and how am I going to do that I'm going to put enmity between your seed and her seed the one that she's going to give birth through me so what would happen man has lost spiritual life he is now flesh we're going to find out in a minute flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God Christ told Nicodemus that it don't inherit it that which is born of flesh is flesh that which is spirit is spirit you got to be born again how are we going to get born again? Same question Nicodemus wanted to ask. Where are we going to go with this? Okay, that's the first gospel message there. One day something's going to happen with the seed of woman that's going to provide the way forward. Adam's willful choice and sin took it away. God's going to provide a way through someone who makes a willful choice to go on the tree of death as a sacrifice for us that we might live and be righteous through him. And it goes like this. What if you could have a child, a baby born that was only of the woman and not from the seed of man that passes down this? Because it says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, and this is where I told you it a little bit ago, Adam, you see, was first formed. That's why Satan went after Eve. And then Eve. Adam, and this is what I told you. Word of God proves it. Adam was not deceived. He knew what he was doing. But the woman being deceived fell into that transgression. There's our absolute proof of what happened. Adam did it by a willful choice. And he was not deceived like the woman was who fell into it. 1 Corinthians 15 says... But now, praise God for these verses. But now Christ, he came through the hand of God as a son of God, the uniquely born one, without that sin nature. He was like the first Adam who had spirit and soul. And Adam's two deaths, one was taken away, the spiritual, the soul, the physical life was left to remain He perpetuated us through the physical. But you have to be born again of the spiritual. So Christ comes bypassing all of that. He is now risen from the dead and has become the first fruits. I told you those feasts. Feast of the first fruits. He is the first fruits of those who fell asleep. Man since by Adam by man death came. By man also the Lord Jesus Christ came the resurrection of the dead as in Adam all die why because we are we are forced into only a physical birth of humanity as in Adam now all die physically but so in Christ you can be made alive spiritually for eternity each one in his own order Christ who was the first fruits remember that that was that last feast That's getting ready for when he comes again at the end of the harvest. To harvest those who are Christ's at his coming. And then in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Therefore just as through one man Adam sin entered the world and death through sin. Thus death was passed to all men. Because all men are flesh all have sin. So what would happen? God's plan in the garden he already knew. And he says, I'm going to bypass Satan. You didn't win the victory by doing the woman first and then the man. No, I already got a plan. Because the Lord Jesus Christ was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So the prophet Isaiah is going to reiterate what God spoke in the garden with the woman. And he's going to say, therefore, Isaiah says, we're going to bypass all of this. There's going to be a virgin. The Lord himself is going to give you a sign And a virgin will conceive and bear a son. And his name shall be Emmanuel, which is God with us. Give me that next one, Miss T. That one, Isaiah 7, 14. The Lord God, he's going to give you a sign of what he promised in Genesis 3 of the woman's seed. And it's going to be now, he says, here's how I'm going to do it. Me, myself. The virgin will conceive and he's going to bear a son. And his name shall be Emmanuel, Which being interpreted as God with us. Why he's the son of God. It bypassed man and humanity. So it's going to be the son of God. And then as as the day came and the appropriate time came. God told the angel Gabriel go on down. I found her. It's the right time. There's a lady right there in Nazareth of Galilee. And her name is Mary. And I want you to go on to young Mary and I want you to say, Behold, you are highly favored of God. You have been chosen to be the one. And through you, you are going to conceive and you're going to bear the one who will be called the most high. And she was surprised and perplexed. And she said, How can, how can this be seeing that I know not a man? I have, I, I'm a virgin. I know not a man. And he said, This is what was talked about. And Gabriel thundered and said, No, but rejoice, you are highly favored. The Lord has blessed you among women. And then said this, Matthew chapter 1 verse 22. said, All this was done that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and she will bear a son and they will call his name Emmanuel god with us and so joseph having been told that took his wife mary to be his wife and he knew her not until her days was past, and she brought forth her firstborn son the son of god and they called his name jesus and so jesus and god provided the plan for a way to bypass man only having spiritual death and only being flesh and flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god And so Christ, in the same way as the first Adam, He was come by the hand of God as the second Adam through woman. And He lived a sinless life. He resisted the temptations that Adam could not. And so He was qualified to go to the cross to freely choose. He freely chose to leave heaven, to come to earth, to unveil Himself as God and to come and die upon the cross for our sins. So that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And he made a willful choice. No one takes my life but I give it up freely. And he made a willful choice to go to the tree of the curse. The tree of death. To be the sacrifice for me. And that is why Nicodemus he told him. I'm going to be lifted up and you've got to be born again. When you look at me I will draw all men to me galatians 3 27 that's why we ended last week with as many of you as been baptized into christ have put on christ you put on his righteousness his everlasting life you are now in him and his life covers you and you become a joint heir with him and all that he has and i just want to close by reading this next slide first corinthians 15 it's on our berean chapters but i just want you to listen to what what happened with adam and what happened with Christ and what they did for you and I as we get ready to close. It is written the first man, Adam, was a living being. The last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ, is a life giving spirit. However, the spiritual does not come first, but the natural, our fleshly birth. And afterward, the spiritual, if you choose it. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man, is the Lord God from heaven. And as with man who was dust, so are those who are made of dust. But if you want to be heavenly, the heavenly man, those who believe in him, will also be heavenly. And as I have borne the image of my flesh as the man of being born through the lineage of Adam, so shall we must bear the image of the heavenly one. And our victory is within him. Now I say this, brethren... Flesh and blood, your natural birth, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Corruption cannot inherit incorruption. That means that this destructible body of mine cannot become indestructible on its own. It's not going to inherit that way. I tell you a mystery. This has happened since Genesis 3. This is the mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of the eye at the last trumpet. The trump will sound and the dead will be raised that are in Christ, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. This corruption will put on incorruption, this mortality, immortality. And when we have done that and we have put on immortality, it will be brought to pass. That was written Death is now swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, hell and Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death was sin. The strength of sin was the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So as our praise team comes up and we close out, there you have it. The mystery. The story from Genesis 3 on how we lost spiritual life. And why God had to say there, I'm going to have the seed of woman. And one day I'm going to bypass all this flesh. And I'm going to give you a choice. A choice to choose my only begotten son. That's going to be given for you. So that you might have life. And that's the choice that we have today. So if you are here. And you have never made that choice. To be baptized into Christ. To put on him. To be born again. As the Lord said you must. If you want to inherit and see the kingdom of God. Because this flesh and blood through man. Cannot inherit it. I pray that when they begin to play that you would come forward if you're making that decision this day and we have everything ready we even have extra clothes and towels if you haven't done this this is the only decision that has everlasting implications to it believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved and father what a powerful powerful story from your word But what it does is it speaks to your grace, Father, and your mercy that that you would choose man that's lower than the angels to be the one to show that you are righteous and just. And to do that, you knew that we would be trapped in this body of flesh, but you provided a way and your son gave up being God and came to this earth to be humiliated and spat upon and beaten and whipped and stripped and placed upon a tree of cursing to be judged for three hours in darkness for my sin. You and the Holy Spirit departed from him and he said, My God, my God, why did you forsake me? As both of you had to turn your back on sin that he is now becoming the sinless one who became my sin so that I might be able to have the choice to become the righteousness of God through him. And so, Father... We thank You for that grace that You provided the way. We thank You for Emmanuel, God, with us. And Father, I pray that every single heart and soul will realize now the importance of being born again and why Your Son came so that we might have life. And we thank You, Father, for that grace in Jesus' name. Amen.